If I just believe uh, these things, I'm okay. But that's not all the instructions. I mean, it's good that you believe, but the Bible said the demons also believe in trouble. They believe Jesus is the Son of God, that He... He came from heaven, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross, that he was raised again from the dead. That's not all there is to get saved. That's, that's just mentally assenting the facts, if that's as far as it goes. That's not Bible faith yet. That's not real faith. Paul said purifying their hearts by faith. Paul said obedience to the faith. The Bible says that by faith Abel gave to God. By faith... Enoch walked with God. By faith, Noah worked with, for God. By faith, Abraham obeyed God. By faith, Moses chose to uh, suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy all the treasures of Egypt which he had access to. See, faith is a lot more. The Bible said faith without actions is dead. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. So it's not just saying, it says, what does it profit if a man says he has faith and has not works? That, that kind of works as corresponding actions to your faith. If you say you believe Jesus is Lord, well then why aren't you submitting to him as Lord? He says, why call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? See, Lord means supreme master of your life. You're calling him supreme master of your life? Then why aren't you submitting to him? See, a lot of people... It's easy to say Jesus is Lord. He said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. And he said he would say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. See, so what it boils down to is just saying Jesus is Lord, or you believe in his salvation, which most denominations leave the impression that's all you need to do. You know, some will say, well, you've got to get sprinkled with a little bit of water, or you've got to do this or that. But that's not it. All we have to do to find out the truth is go back to the Bible and find out what Jesus said and find out what the apostles said because these are the original instructions. These are the instructions on how to escape hell and make it to heaven. See, so a lot of, you know, so as I've been thinking about this, a greater burden's been coming on, uh, on me that we need to think of a strategy. There's not... There's a lot of religious people in this city, but there's not a lot of real born-again, spirit-filled Christians living for God. And the other ones are not all right. They're not all right. They're not living for God. They're not all right, spiritually. They may look like us. They may have some of the same, you know, things, but they're, they haven't been born again. By repenting of a life of sin and submitting to the Lordship of Jesus and receiving Him. So they're not all right. Religion is, is not good. See? Christianity is good. But religion is a counterfeit. You know, and a counterfeit kind of looks like something that's real. You've never seen anybody make a counterfeit $18 bill. Or a $17 bill. And try to hand it to the store owner or the bank. So I got 10 uh, $17 bills here. Can you uh, turn them into 20s for me? I said, we're not, we're not doing that. We never seen nothing like that. You know? When Jesus came, he found people preaching things that were not so from the beginning. He said, from the beginning, it was not so. If Jesus were to come today and go into a lot of these places, 
he would find them teaching all kinds of things that were not so from the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. God gives His Word. He sent His Word to heal us and to deliver us from all of our destructions. God goes by His Word. He had to have a permanent written record of His instructions uh, to guide people in the truth. So we'd have a record of what He taught them back there, and, and we'd have a record of what the apostles preached to the early church and then what they wrote down for the early church. God had this Bible written, this new covenant written, so we'd have a record of the actual instructions so we wouldn't err. But you know, a lot of people are just trusting in the heads of these denominations and, and sad to say, a lot of these denominational heads are not Christians. They're not born again. And, and they haven't received the Holy Spirit. So you got carnal men that are still spiritually dead, the head of these religious systems. Now, they might be trying to do the best they can in their blinded ignorance. But it, it, it's still a fact that we still have to do what the Bible says to do to make it to heaven. You know, Because he said a lot of things about the way people act and said, they that do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But they're not told that. They're not told that. So they won't inherit the kingdom of God. Because they just think they could just live that way and believe on the good Lord. You know, but that, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. So uh, in, uh, you know, in the next month or so, we're going to try to figure out some strategies. Now, I got these books, you know, coming about born again, you know, to explain Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God, nor escape the gates of hell. And it's understand why Jesus Christ said it taught, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God and escape the gates of hell. That's, it's a long title, but it's, that's basically the title. So that people right away, well, did Jesus say, you know, they don't even know that, you know. When there first was a revival in the 70s, a lot of people from a lot of denominations started coming to the Lord because they first kind of really started hearing about born again and being spirit-filled. And a lot of people came out of the denominations and that. But after a while, a lot of the denominations started uh, using some of the same terminology, but it had a different meaning. It still didn't have a meaning of, of uh, you know, forsaking a life of sin and then living in obedience to God. You know, it was just using some of the same phrases but not the same meaning. And so again, they, they just don't instruct their people in the way of the Lord. They just do not do it. See, and that's the sad part of it because people are trusting in these religious systems and by the millions, they're dying and going to hell all, all the time. All the time. And finding out when they stand before God, they're not allowed to enter. Someone asked Jesus, are there few that be saved? He said, strive to enter in at the straight gate. He said, for many are going to seek to enter, and they will not be able to enter. See, so, uh, praise God. We want, we want to make sure. Amen. See, any preacher, any, any church or denomination should be able to tell their people, Read the whole Bible, read the whole New Testament, believe what Jesus and the apostles said, and do what they said. Amen. Yes. 
But they won't do that. Because that would contradict much of their religious system if they did that. If they said any of that was required that Jesus and the apostles said was required, that would contradict what they're saying. Well, I got news for you. They're not God. And God never really started any denomination. So they're really amount to nothing. Actually, they're working against people's salvation. Because people just get kind of passively sit and listen and don't do don't go into the Bible. Then even if they're so filled with the propaganda of what they've been sitting in. And they just go, you can ask people, why do you go there? Probably, well, grandma went there, great grandma went there. And, and uh, you know, they don't know why they're going there. You know, they don't know if they're off track. They just generation after generation just sit by it. And then you can get to a point where you believe religion so much that you can look at the Bible and see he says, well, they that do these things will not inherit the kingdom. Just read right over that. Don't pay any attention to it. Don't pay any, you know. As if, as if the Bible's not real. I was just listening to, to somebody. Actually, it, it, it's somebody that visited here that wanted their daughter minister to. Uh, and they were talking to me. And they said their son's an atheist. He went to Marquette University. And they told him all those things in the Bible, Adam and Eve. No, they, they told him in their classes, it's all stories. That's the kind of junk that's going on. Adam and Eve is not a story. Paul said the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. He knew there was an Adam. He knew he was the first man. Jesus talked about the first man and the first woman that God created. He said from the beginning of creation, he made them male and female. Amen. You know? So, uh, and, and the Bible says, as Jonas, Jesus said, as Jonas spent three days in Three nights in the whale, great fish's belly, even so must the Son of Man spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He didn't say that's all just a, a story they made up for a Bible school lesson. Now these things happened. These things took place. These, this is a record, God's record. All scripture given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. See, God gave us a record of what happened so we would know. He had to write a record or we wouldn't know what's going on. Yes. And thank God He gave us the Bible so we know what's going on. We know He created man in His image. Amen. We know in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We know He made all the world and all the beautiful uh, flowers and animals and fruits and vegetables and stuff for us to eat and enjoy and, and everything else. That God is God. See, so these things were revealed to us. And then you get into the New Testament, and what Christ revealed is what's revealed. He said the Father gave him a commandment, what he should say and what he should speak. And so we got a record of what the Father gave Jesus a commandment to say and speak and teach and preach. And then you get groups of people, well, you don't have to do that. Well, we don't do that. Well, that's not for us today. Well, that passed away. Well, they, they, a thousand things except just saying what it says. And that's the problem. Because there's only one real set of instructions. And that's what's in your New Testament. Jesus didn't say, I'm one of the ways. 
He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the light of the world. He that follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He said, if you continue in my words, then are you my disciples indeed. Amen. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Yes. To be his follower, you have to continue in his words, not, not a denomination's words, not anybody else's words. And if somebody's really sent by God to preach, they're only going to preach what Jesus and the apostles preached. They're not going to preach new versions or watered-down versions. No. They're going to tell you to just believe it. It's written. It's recorded. It's written down here for us. So we won't mistake the way. That's right. yeah. Amen. So we've been teaching on the original Christian faith. Let me read uh, 2 John chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Whosoever transgresses and abides not in the doctrine, teachings, and instructions of Christ, he has not God. He that abides in the doctrine, teachings, and instructions of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. If there come anybody unto you and do not bring this doctrine of the teachings and instructions of Christ, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. In other words, don't say God bless you because that'd be blessing some false doctrine. See, so, you know, it is so important, praise God, now, like I said, as far as I know, none, except for the born-again, Holy Spirit-filled denominations, uh, there's a few of those, except for those, none of the other ones are preaching the truth enough to get people saved. They're not. They're just religious systems. So you can't even count them. I mean, they look like churches. they got stained glass windows. They might have a cross out in front. They might preach a, a, a nice message on love. They can even teach some things out of the Bible that are good things. But the point is they're missing out on the main things to teach the people about repentance, about accepting and submitting to the Lordship of Jesus, about living in obedience to the commandments of the will of God, Amen. about repenting if they do do wrong even after that. And those are four like pillars that it rests upon. They have to repent. Except Jesus said in Luke 13, 3, except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Peter said God's not willing any perish, but all come to repentance. Yeah. So they have to come to repentance or they will perish. And repentance means you're turning from all the evil things that hurt others and hurt God. You're turning from evil. Amen. Most sins are against people and some are against God. And, and a few are abusing God's creation like different perversions and, and drunkenness. See, God don't want that neither. Why? Because he don't want that in heaven. It's almost like, to me, it's like, whatever he don't want in heaven, he don't want that on the earth. And when you accept Christ, He'll give you the grace to help you, the blood of Jesus to help you, the Spirit of God to help you, the Word of God to help you, the name of Jesus to help you. He'll give you everything you need so you can be an overcomer. Amen. You can't. But if the devil, can, you know, the devil's got a lot of these people say, well, we've got to sin every day. What in the world are you doing every day? We've got to sin every day. I thought it says we're dead to sin and alive to righteousness. I thought it said we're free from sin, the Bible says. I thought whom the Son sets free is free indeed. 
So you have everything in you to overcome. Amen. Praise God. You're an overcomer. Who is he that overcometh the world? He that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Hallelujah. Your faith can overcome every obstacle. Fight the good fight of faith. I mean, if all we had to do is float downstream, we wouldn't have to fight the good fight of faith. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I've finished, I've kept the faith. Therefore, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Praise God. So, God is, you know, I believe God's just pulling the blinders off our eyes. The devil's pulled the wool over so many people's eyes. And God is pulling the blinders off and letting us see. He said, fear not, little flock. Are there few that be saved, strive to enter in at the straight gate? He said, narrow is the way, and few there are that find it. Did he say that? But everybody, you know, thinks everybody's going to heaven. Unless you're a terrorist and blowing up buildings, you know. No. It's more than that. It's you got to get rid of, the, rid of the lying, the defrauding, the backbiting, the cheating, the hating, the uh, all the things that came in at the fall that weren't a part of our original creative makeup. Because if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things have become new, and all things are of God. Ye are of God, little children. Amen? you got a new heart, a new spirit. you got filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, but does God really mean that? I, yeah, we better believe God. Because he gives lists of things and said, they that do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Does he not? Do those things? Well, most of the world and most religious people are doing those things every day. But they think they're okay because, you know, I believe in the good Lord. Like I said, one preacher said, bluebirds believe in the good Lord and rats go to church. <laughs> so what is that, you know? <laughs> That's not getting you any farther ahead. you got to live for God. Amen? He that doeth the will of God will live forever. Yes. You know? Hallelujah. You know, i got to preach this stuff sometimes. But especially since the Lord gave us a commission. Because we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm looking at maybe making some TV ads that tell people what qualifies people for it being a real Christian thing. Hallelujah. And if, if, if you're, you know, if you're not hearing that where you're at, come over here and learn about the real, original Christian faith. I'm working on writing a little magazine thing that we can hand to everybody that comes, and that will also uh, give you the ability to just take it out and show people you know if you say, you know, you ought to come listen to the, hear about the original Christian faith. They say, well, what's the difference between what you believe and what I believe? And I go to church. Well, here's the difference. Here's what the apostles said. Does your church teach that? Here's what the, Jesus Christ said about this. Is your church teaching that? See? And say, without following what Jesus and the apostles said, you're not going to make it to heaven. You've got somebody not telling you the right instructions. God said, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. That's why people are destroyed. They don't have the knowledge of the truth. 
And in this case, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is eternally destructive. To be ignorant of the right way. And to be blindly following blind leaders of the blind. He said if the blind lead the blind, he's talking about religious people being the leaders, leading the blind people who just blindly follow them. He said, won't they all fall into the pit? So, I'm preaching this because it's on my heart. We need to help people. Amen. Well, we get these books and I want to pass out hundreds of thousands of them. Well, when we get these books and that, we'll need helpers. We'll need, we'll need you to help. We'll need to figure out different ways. How can we get this out there? Amen. We have to help our city. Amen. We have to help our city. We can't just sit by. Because these, these, most of these big churches are not teaching the truth. Now, last week I taught about somewhat about repentance and obedience as being two necessary things. Say, except you repent, you'll perish, and Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to everyone that obeys him. The Bible said obedience to the faith. Paul didn't preach just faith, he preached obedience to the faith. See, there's a big difference yes. between the two. But then I also mentioned that right now, through sweeping through parts of what's called spirit, Holy Spirit-filled Christendom, is a false doctrine about grace that teaches all your future sins are automatically forgiven, which they're not. The provision is there. But it's not automatic. See, and then that you don't really have to keep God's commandments or obey God, but yet the Bible said, blessed are they that do His commandments, they'll have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. And so... I pointed out that that's what these denominations that are ignorant are, are leading the people to believe. And this false grace that got into some of spirit-filled Christianity brings them right back to no repentance and no obedience. Satan brought, is bringing that whole thing. There's hundreds and hundreds and maybe even millions and millions of Christians that were living for the Lord that's hearing that false doctrine and are now starting to backslide. Thinking, well, I don't think I can have the best of both worlds. I can just say I believe in the good Lord. And that ain't going to work. The judgment is concerned with deeds. The Bible said if you call on the Father who without respect to persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. You know, as a preacher, all I can do is try to convince people by telling what the Word says. I labor in the Word and doctrine. I study the Word. You know, and I, can, I only can tell you what he said. Paul said, God is going to render to every man according to his deeds. So his goodness tries to lead you to repentance so you get that all out of you. Yeah. If you repent, you get it out of your heart. You don't store it up for wrath on the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. You get it out of your heart when you repent. And his goodness, his goodness doesn't automatically cover it because... That ain't how he gets rid of it. His goodness is when the free moral agent releases it out of their heart by humbling themselves and saying, God, I did wrong. I ask you to forgive me. Then he gives grace to the humble. Then he gives mercy to the humble. But because the human will is free, he needs a person to repent before he can do it. But see how Satan sneaking that 
through the back door again with this false grace over. Jude talked about those that turn grace into lasciviousness. That means immorality or almost like anarchy. We don't want anybody ruling over us. We don't want God saying we have to do this or that. That's legalism, they say. That's this or that. Well, there is certain kinds of legalism, but anytime you obey anything that's said in the New Testament, that's not legalism, that's faith. Faith is doing what the Word says. Faith is believing what Jesus and the apostles said and then doing it. Yes, amen. That's Bible faith. To obey His commands in the New Testament, that's faith. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, He said He always did what pleased the Father and He kept His Father's commandments in John 15. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if he always pleased the Father, then keeping the commands of God and doing what pleased the Father must be faith. Amen. See, it has to be faith because Jesus did it. He left us an example that we should follow in his steps. Hallelujah. So it is a narrow path. Amen. Narrow is the gate. Straight is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. You're blessed. You're blessed. It might not be as easy as some of these places teach, but it'll take you to the right place. Amen. Yes. That's why we want to end up in heaven. We don't want to. We should not want unrighteousness anyway. Amen. We should not want doctrines that say you can go and live contrary to God and His laws and governments. We shouldn't want that. Jesus said, I delight to do thy will, O God. We should, we should, anywhere we need adjustment, ask God, God, help me. Help me to delight to do your will. Help me. Work yes. in me. Change me by your glory. Change yes. me by your anointing. Help me, God. God will work in you. The Bible said God will work in you both to will and do of his good pleasure. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. So you should just invite God. The Bible said, yield yourself to God as those who are alive from the dead. And say, Lord, work in me and change me and, and, and help me and change my attitudes and give me light and give me understanding. I just want to live for you, God. I want to be with you forever. It's worth it giving up my life in this world to find this other life. Yes. Then he actually, he actually said you've got to give up your life in this world. Yes, amen. But see, religion says you can have the life in this world and then you'll get the next too. No, it don't work that way. But... Uh, only by following his instructions. Amen. He didn't come to waste words. He didn't come to say, I'm the way, the truth, and life. But if you find another way, you know, all roads lead to heaven. You know? You're all going to get there eventually. That's almost like what people are saying. It's close. <laughs> well, you know. Now he said, I am the way. Yes. Nobody, no man, comes to the Father, except by me. Yes. He said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's the word. Amen. Except you repent, you will perish. <laughs> so, I mean, he was pretty straightforward. Amen. These are the original instructions. You know, I can, after seeing this really clearly about how 90, like 95% of what's called a church out there is not a church. Now, they are religious organizations. They do do some benevolent things. I'm not saying they're even maliciously doing it. They're ignorantly fighting for something that's not the truth. 
They've been brought up in their systems and they're in their own boxes they can't get out. Because they have mental blocks now. That their system's right. And it's good enough. And you can go tell them what the Bible says and most of them, they won't go by what the Bible says. They can't take all, all you know, what the Bible says. Now, I'm, I'm kind of emphasizing, I want to emphasize over and over again because uh, we have a, a vision that God's given us as a body of believers. And I can see why God sent this to Milwaukee. Amen. Not because there's all these hundreds and hundreds of churches there. There's not that many churches. Not that many real churches. See, so... And, and who, who does the devil make war against? He makes war against, the Bible said, those that keep the commandments of God have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation 12, 17. That's who he's fighting against. He's not going to fight against these systems that keep people blind and bound and keep on living like the world. He's not going to fight against those. That's a part of his system. <clears throat> Jesus told the religious Pharisees of his day, he said, you're of your father, the devil. He called them offsprings of serpents. You, thought he, you think Jesus was easy on it? No, he said they took away from the people the key of knowledge. They entered not in themselves into the kingdom, and those that would have entered had they known, they hindered. They're a hindrance. They're not a help. Not when it comes, they might do nice things. I'm saying they might do nice things. They might do benevolent things. But when it comes to eternity and getting people in heaven, they don't have a clue. They don't know. They're a hindrance. They're not helping. They're not helping at all. But, but you know, a lot of them, it's ignorance. But they could get their minds renewed to the Word of God, but, but they're not going to the Word of God to find out. We had somebody that used to come to church here that was learning to be a part of, of a big denomination. And they said in all their years of study, they never studied the Bible. They studied their books. That's it which told them the different things that their religious system believes. Why can't people just go back to the Bible? Back to the original Christian faith? Back to the original instructions? You see, so each person to get to heaven has to repent of their life of sin. They have to believe in Jesus Believe who he was. He said, except you believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. So yeah, you have to believe in who he was. You have to believe in what he did, that he died on the cross for your sins and was raised again from the dead. But then, beyond that, you have to first repent, believe in this, and then you have to receive Jesus as Lord and submit to his Lordship and live for the will of God And do God's commands. Which most, most is done 
by walking in love and not doing ill to others. Amen, yes. Now, these things are necessary. Amen. These things are necessary. Because broad is the road that leads to destruction. Wide is the gate. The vast majority of people are taken that way. But if you were to listen to them on TV when, you know, some real corrupt Hollywood person dies and, you know, they're real perverse, obviously, and they're, you know, on drugs and they die and then they, they have these big, you know, priests, priests, preachers come in or whatever. Oh, he's making jokes up in heaven now. No, he's not. He's screaming in hell. He's not up there making jokes. I mean, let's face it. They're not born again and living for the will, submitted to and living for the will of God. They're not going. The Bible says in Isaiah, there's a highway that leads the redeemed back to Zion. It's called the highway of holiness. It says an errant fool will not lose his way on it. You don't have to be smart. You just have to be smart enough to live for the will of God. Hallelujah. It's worth it my brother and sister, to live for God. Yeah. It's worth it to forsake this world. It's not always easy. It might get boring sometimes, this whole world. Now, Jesus ain't boring, but the world can be boring. Yes. And they're out there partying and all this like that. Paul said, if just tomorrow we die, let's eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. He said, but the fact is Christ is risen from the dead. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And if you live the way God says you live, Peter said, an entrance will be abundantly ministered to you uh, into the kingdom, everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, uh, praise God. That's what I want. I want Him to open those pearly gates for me. Yes. And for you. Amen. Amen. Then you become a joint heir with Jesus. Just think about that. You know what a joint heir? The Bible said we become joint heirs with Jesus. That's an equal heir with the very eternal son of the living God. Of everything he gets, you get. You even get a glorified, immortal, resurrected body just like his. The Bible said he's going to change our vile bodies to be made like unto his glorified body. You get a body just like the eternal God the Son gets. God. That's what you get. Amen. Hallelujah. John said we, when we see him, we'll be like him. For we'll see him as he is. Yes. John later saw him. His voice was like the sound of many waters. His feet were like brass burning in the furnace. His eyes were like a flame of fire. Praise God. Just a powerful, majestic being. Guess what? That's the way you're going to be. You're going to be clothed in light. Beings of light. Hallelujah. These bodies, Paul said, they're just seeds. He said, you don't plant a seed and get something that looks like a seed back out of it. He said, there's something in that seed. Comes up more glorious. More powerful. More beautiful. Sown in dishonor, raised in honor. Sown in weakness, raised in power. You're going to be a powerfully manifested being. 
ruling and reigning with Christ forever and ever and ever. Even sitting on his throne with him. He said, you'll sit with me on my throne as I overcame and sat down with the Father on his throne. Just think, a joint heir with Jesus, equal heir with Jesus, having a glorified body, being the bride of Christ, is uh, praise God, joint one spirit to the Lord. Hallelujah. And you're going to be with Jesus and you're going to be God's helpmate forever and ever and ever and ever. And all the creations he will ever create, you're going to be there with him. He'll make you rulers over cities. Look at the person next to you. There's a ruler over many cities sitting next to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. That's what he said. So what we've been emphasizing is, is you know, just saying the good Lord... I mean, that's good, but it's not good enough. And, uh, and do not ever get caught up in that false grace, overemphasizing false grace teaching that's in spirit-filled circles that say, you don't have to repent, you don't have to obey God. That's a lie from the devil himself. See, he started that back there in the Garden of Eden when God told them they'll surely die. What did Satan say? First he got the woman reasoning, then he said, you will not surely die. If God says you'll surely die, you'll surely die. That means certainly. Paul said if you live after the flesh, you will die. You will surely die. Jude talked about people being twice dead, plucked up by the roots, whose fruit, good Christian fruit, is withered away. And he's connected that with believing in, a, in verse 3 and 4 about believing an overemphasis on grace. See, a false version of grace. Now, I'm a grace teacher, but not a false grace teacher. I believe in grace. I believe by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I believe that. I believe there's no way we could have got saved by our own works. Amen. I believe we had to repent of all those evil works because we were enemies in our minds by wicked works, the Bible says. We had to repent of all that because he said, except you repent, you'll perish. And then when we repent and we humble ourselves, God gives grace to the humble. And then he regenerated us with the power of his grace. That means, saved means being made spiritually alive. Regenerated. The Bible said he saved us by the washing of regeneration. So I believe he saved us by the power of his grace. Then it says he gave us grace to every one of us. Ephesians 4, 7 was given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So then he imparted grace into us. So now we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. His grace is sufficient for us. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. So he gave us the grace to, to uh, we got born again by, then he gave it to us, so now we can overcome the devil. You're not uh, under, it says, sin will no longer have dominion over you, for you're not under the law where they have no grace, but you're under grace. Yeah. So sin's power is broken by grace. Grace is stronger than sin. And grace is in you. That's why you started changing when you got born again. That was the work of grace. Now you just need to keep yielding to grace. Amen. And you'll get changed by the Spirit of grace from glory to glory. Back into the same image as the Lord. 
You're being changed. Your mind's being renewed. You're being changed. He'll perfect that which concerns you. Yes. Lord. He's pruning you. Yes. Hallelujah. Got to let him prune you. Or as one preacher said, you'll be pruned if you do or pruned if you don't. But you, praise God. Because every branch that produces no fruit, the Bible said he cuts away, he prunes away. Amen. So we want to produce some fruit so he keeps pruning us. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. We should welcome pruning. Amen. It, it, the Bible said no chastening for the present time seems joyous but rather grievous. But afterwards it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness. So it's good that God deals with you. It's good that you lose peace if you go astray. Amen. It's good that you feel convicted and don't feel right. Yes. You need to treasure that. Yes. Run back to the Lord and submit to Him. Yes. Then you believe that He's cleansed you once you repent of, and, and that you're purged from that sin and you pick up and go on. Yes. Amen. Amen. He said, I write these things that you sin not, but if any of you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He'll plead your case, and if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all the unrighteousness. So thank God for that. The provision of the blood of Jesus. There is the provision of the blood of Jesus. So we have this uh, provision, but it's not automatic. I've heard some reason say, well, if, if, if sins could keep us out of the kingdom of heaven, then he didn't pay for our future sins. No, he paid for them. He just, you have to exercise your will to take advantage of it because you're a free moral agent. Yeah. The provision is there. Praise God. And if you confess it, humble yourself and confess it. He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all the unrighteousness. Then you pick up and you go on with God. Hallelujah. But you don't just think, well, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay no matter what we do. It's not the case. I mean, it may sound politically correct. You know, we can't use political correctness in this spiritual realm. It's what God says that's correct. Amen. That's the only thing that's correct. Amen. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Praise God. We get sanctified, separated from evil by the truth of God. God's word, if it's really God's word, it'll always free you from evil. It'll never tell you evil's okay or God's going to cover for it. It'll always free you from it. Praise God. It's the sanctifying work of the spirit, the sanctifying work of the blood, the sanctifying work of the word of God. Yes. Hallelujah. So we, we have to believe, we have to obey. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse uh, 7 and 8. Let me read this to you. I, I, I'm instructing you along this line because God's going to want us this summer to do some things, to try to reach out to people. Amen. Glory. And we want as many people to help as possible. Amen. You know, and if we have books, these books will actually do the preaching for you. If, you, if you're a little afraid to preach. You can say to somebody, my pastor wants everybody to get a book. Would you please take a book? Amen. And you know, a lot of people will be receptive if you first offer to pray for them. Jesus said, go, go and heal the sick and then tell them the kingdom of God's come. We put things in order. Can I pray for you? You know, for you or your family about anything? Have you got any pain in your body? We have people here that will take you out and show you how to heal the sick. 
You'll see it work. It'll work for you. There'll be all kinds of people healed of all kinds of things out there. Many, many instantly healed after having pain in their bodies 10, 20 years. Just got to get out and do it. Then we'll get hand of the book and invite them to church. Praise God. Then we'll have... We'll have the material ready. I wrote one book called The Original Christian Faith. That has to do with this. But we'll have the, our, our little magazine uh, ready also. And with that, you could even, like I said, you could even take that out and say, you know, have you heard about the original Christian faith? Then when they say, well, what's the difference between it? Well, you could take them right through that and show them, well, that's the difference. Say, this is the only real way. Say, just belonging to what you think is a church is not the real way. Not unless it's teaching these certain foundational main ingredient things. It has to uh, teach these things. In 1 Thessalonians, uh, or 2 Thessalonians, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 7, it says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance, on, there's two groups, them that know not God and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will be punished with everlasting destruction from, or we could say separated from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. See, so we have to obey the gospel. Paul said, but they've not all obeyed the gospel. Peter said, if the righteous scarcely be saved, what will be the end of those that obey not the gospel? So it isn't just, well, I believe in the gospel. It's obeying the gospel. That's what's important. To believe in it, yes, but then to obey it. Now, like I said, we were saved by grace, but then the epistles, starting from the book of Romans right up to the end of the Bible, guess who they were written to? The people who had gotten saved by grace. They were written to the churches, to the saved people. Why? To give instructions on how to continue in the faith, continue in the grace of God, continue in His goodness. That's why they're written. But you see, some people have the word so wrongly divided, they just take all, all that the epistles say about the, doing God's commands and living this way, and, and they just throw it right out the window like it don't mean nothing. They don't have any right to do that. These things were written to the churches. To the people that had gotten saved. To protect them. To keep them on the right path. And to keep them secure. And there's warnings in there that say, they that do this kind of stuff, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. So don't be partakers with them. So, uh, Oh, it's just so important to stay with the Bible. You know, the church for almost 2,000 years has not stayed with the Bible. They did just what the Pharisees did. There's a repeating of history. The Pharisees took out certain things, then put in their commands of men, added their traditions, did this and that, did that, came up with a system that was satisfying to themselves and started teaching the people that. And again, Jesus came and said it wasn't so from the beginning. 
he pointed out they were, weren't teaching what was so in the Word of God. And when he preached the Word, they wanted to crucify him. They resisted him. They said people that listen to him are cursed. They said he has a devil. They said he's of Beelzebub. Well, he said, you're of your father, the devil. <laughs> he said, you're an offspring of serpents, vipers. He called them snakes. You know? Jesus did that. Jesus said that. People don't... He was strong with them because they were deceiving millions. It's not doing what God said to do. And they were supposed to be the keepers of the faith. And these systems were supposed to be the keepers of the faith, and they didn't keep the faith. They came up with their own. Can't come up with our own ideas. Can't come up with our own teachings. I'm going to read you something from First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit. Praise God. You're elect and it's going to be through sanctification. The work of the Spirit is to purify your souls by you obeying the truth, Peter goes on to say. Paul said, you're chosen through two things, belief of the truth and the sanctification of the Spirit. See, just kind of like Peter said here. So it's two things. Jesus said that they might receive the inheritance given to all those who are sanctified by the faith that is in me. What this real faith does is sanctify you. It starts working to separate you from evil so that you are God's workmanship and you live in good works and live soberly, righteously, and godly, as the Bible says, in this present world. Separated unto God. Unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God that blood washes away our sins. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. That's what this is all about. There's, there's a place reserved for you. There's a place at the table of the marriage supper of the Lamb reserved for you. It's got your name on it. Yes. Hallelujah. When you accepted the heavenly calling and accepted Jesus, praise God, your name tag went up there. Yeah. Got written in the book of life and the name tag went on the, by those golden plates waiting, waiting for this great marriage feast of Jesus. Yes. Where the bride of Christ and the Son of God will be joined together forever. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. An inheritance incorruptible that will never fade away. Reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto a salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, tests and trials. You can go through tests and trials. The devil's trying to make your life miserable. Not God. God sent his word to heal you and deliver you from all your destructions. Yes. Sent Jesus to destroy the works of the devil. 
says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Amen. Amen. You'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. Yeah. He didn't say he'll put you in bondage and fear of God. No, he said he'll set you free from the enemy. Yes. But you might be going through something. Temptations, test trials. Yes. But just keep holding on. This is all going to pass. You're going to be in heaven with God forever. Just got to keep living for God. Don't ever get mad at God. God's not your problem. God just wants his will done on earth, even as it's done in heaven. Amen. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You may go through fiery trials. Peter said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which try you as though some strange thing happened to you. You go through things in this earth. Don't think it's strange. Jesus went through strange things. Yes. He went through trials. He went through attacks from the enemy, attacks from people, yeah. attacks from the circumstances of life. Yeah. I mean, storms came and tried to capsize the boat he was in. Yes. All kinds of things happened. You just got to keep walking. Yes. Nothing can separate you from the love of God if you keep walking. Yes. You just keep going on. Just keep walking by faith. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah, you go through a time of weakness, sickness, struggle, test, trial. Just keep walking. You're heading towards that sea whose builder and maker is God. You're confessing you're a stranger and a pilgrim in the earth. You don't belong here. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. Your citizenship is registered in heaven. Yes. Hallelujah. And you just want to get home to that city whose builder and maker is God. The Bible said if people had a mind to go back, they have many opportunities to return back to where they came from. You have a lot of opportunities to go back to the world. Just don't ever take them. Just keep going on with God. It's all going to be worth it in the end. This place is just a temporal place. The years go by quick. Hallelujah. Before you know it, you'll be walking through those pearly gates. And you'll say it's been worth it all. Hallelujah. It's been worth it all. Hallelujah. Through many toils, dangers, and snares, I have already come. Yeah. But the amazing grace of God has seen me through. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. God will help you. He'll uphold you with the right hand of His righteousness. Yeah. If He's for you, who can be against you? No weapon formed against you will prosper. Weapons can be formed against you, but you're going to be victorious. He just said for you to fight the good fight of faith. Take the shield of faith and quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Don't believe any lies. Just believe what the Bible says. Believe the word of God. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Yes. Hallelujah. That's what we're doing. We're living by the words of God. Treasure the words of God. Treasure where you're getting the words of God. From your Bible, from your Bible preaching church. Don't look lightly at anything. Yes. But it pertains to the things of God. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Treasure them up. The prophet said he treasured up the words of God's mouth more than is necessary food. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Glory. Praise God. Paul talked about the hope that's up there for you in heaven. Yes. He said, and you heard the word of the gospel. He said, you knew the grace of God and truth as it started to bring forth good fruit in you. Yes. When you got born again, it started its work to bring forth good fruit. Yes. 
you know, I mentioned a week or so ago, it's right that God rules over us. He made us. Yeah. We live in His world. We eat His food. We breathe His air. And really, all He wants for us is do good. You know the two great commandments that fulfill everything else? To love, he said, the first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your might. Yes. You owe your allegiance, first of all, before even family members. You wouldn't even have them if it wasn't for God. Amen. To love God first. Amen. And you can't. You have the ability. He, he commanded it, so you got the ability. Yes. You can. If you set your focus right. And then he said, the second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yes. Love works no ill towards his neighbor. Amen. So that, that also means husbands and wives, you need to stop doing ill will towards one another. You're doing that to a son or daughter of God if you're a Christian. And Jesus takes it personally. He said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Yes. So you need a picture. If you're yelling and screaming, you're yelling and screaming at Jesus. You know, he takes it. He said, when, when Saul was persecuting the church, he appeared to him and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That's right. Takes it personally. Amen. Then the golden rule. Everybody say the golden rule. Golden rule. All things whatsoever you would want others to do to you, this do to them. Yes. For this is the law. Yes, the law. Now, if you fulfill that law, which really is the law of love, loving your neighbor, the Bible says you do well. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why? Because that's the way it was meant to be on the earth before the fall of man. There wasn't meant to be, God didn't create man on the earth and then it was meant to be backbiting and lying and defrauding and cheating and raping and, and, and fornicating and aborting little babies. He never meant that to be. That's a part of Satan's work yeah. in mankind. It's the evil prince of the powers of the air now at work in disobedient people. But now the fruit of the Spirit, by the Spirit working in you, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, yes. yes. gentleness, meekness, kindness, patience, temperance, goodness, faithfulness. Yes. Against such, God has no law. Has no law against those things. And he will help you change. Amen. But you see, a part of it too is the fear of the Lord. See, now, if, if I were to say, if I were to be teaching, well, all your future sins are already forgiven. Once you say you believe in the Lord, you don't have to obey God or nothing. You know what, what disappeared? The fear of God. But Paul said, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. He said, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I don't want to go crosswise of them. I don't want to test it out and see what will happen. Because <laughs> I'll only find out once I get there. I want to just live for him as he is, so are we in this world. Then we can have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So what does that mean? It just means what it says. See, fear has torment. What that really is talking about is that if you walk in love, you won't have the fear of judgment. You'll have boldness on the day of judgment. Because you're, you're living on earth like they're living in heaven. They're all living.
that it loved in heaven. Every last one of them. There's nobody up there defrauding or lying or cheating or backbiting or sowing corn, the seeds of discord. Or That's why it's wrong too for people, especially to talk against a real born-again Holy Spirit-filled church. Yeah. You don't want to do it. Because it's an abomination to God. He's had sown discord among the people, among the brethren. It's an abomination. They that do such things won't inherit the kingdom of God. Can't do stuff. We can't do this stuff. Shake your head and say, we can't do this stuff. <laughs> say, Lord, help me. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. I just want you to know the truth. Yes. Set you free. I want you to know the truth. I don't want you to get all mad and say, oh, pastor was hard on us today. I'm going somewhere else where they tell me I can live like the devil. <laughs> I'm just telling you the narrow way that leads to life. I want you safe. Amen. I want you safe and sound. I want you to be heirs of, with Jesus Christ. Join heirs with Jesus. Heirs of God. Yes. The Bible said, here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God. And the faith of Jesus. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13 says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. More graces. If you walk in the grace of God now, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Praise God. Then more grace will be given you Amen. to change. Amen. Hallelujah. Just think, then you'll have no more problem with the devil or with your flesh. Yes. Glory. Now you've got flesh inherited from Adam. Yes. Some of the earth, earthy. You have some problem with that flesh. Have you ever had any problem with your flesh? No. <laughs> your spirit's born of Jesus Christ. The last Adam, your flesh came from the first Adam in the fall. Yeah. And you're still in that body. Paul said he had to keep his body under subjection. Yeah. If his body didn't give him any trouble, why did he have to keep it under subjection? That's right. Why did he have to mortify the deeds of the body through the spirit? Why did you know these? Why did he talk about the works of the flesh to Christians if there was no more problems? No, it's not. A, it's not easy for any of us. But I guarantee you, the more you surrender, the quicker you surrender completely to God, the easier it is. His yoke is easy, his burdens light. But if you've got your heels dug in all the way and he's dragging you, and the way of a transgressor is hard. You're making it harder for yourself. You're going to have to eventually give up anyway. Why not just do it right away? Yes, immediately. It's easier. Because the Spirit will keep dealing with you to get, get rid of stuff. Why keep running in? Okay, I'm going to back up. I'm going to run into that same wall 50 times. This is getting hard, Lord. It's getting hard down here. Yeah, that's because you keep running into the wall. Stop running into the wall. You'll be okay. Amen? amen? If you can't say amen, say oh my. It's true anyway. Hallelujah. Yeah, if you can't say amen, say ouch. <laughs> so pastor, you're stepping on my toes today. Well, as one preacher said, that's because you got them stuck out there. He said, God will heal your toes. <laughs> Praise God. Well, if they're stuck out there, they need to be pulled back. Get in submission to the Lord under, under the Lordship of Jesus. Amen? Yes, yes. 
Hallelujah. So, sad to say, I'm not saying things to be harsh or mean or I say things that are true. Amen. About these denominations, they're dead. Some are dead on the vine, some never were connected to the vine. Yes. We have to stay with the original Christian faith. Amen. That's the only place of safety. Amen. Don't let nothing invade your mind. Yes. To convince you otherwise. You just purpose, I'm going to be in my house, we will serve the Lord. We're living for Jesus. Yes. That's what we're living for. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And realize that 90, 95% of what's out there that looks like Christianity is not Christianity. Because <laughs> they leave out repentance, they leave out obedience to God, they leave out born again, they leave out repenting and confessing your sin if you do sin. So if they leave out those, those any of those things, they're not telling people the right way. Because these are things that are in the Bible. These are things that are in the New Testament. Yes. And you can't just go through the New Testament and select what you want to be your religious system. This is not a smorgasbord. See, we... What's the name? Country... Old Country Buffet? We go, everybody, anybody go to Old Country Buffet? They got a smorgasbord there. And you just pick what you want. And you eat what you want. But this New Testament is not a smorgasbord. We got to take the whole thing. Got to take the whole thing. Can't just take parts of it. Can't say this passed away or that passed away. Even the miracles, the gifts of the Spirit, they're all for us today. Everything is for us. It's just like it was written today. And God said, here's my contract. Here's my covenant. This is it. We have to stay with it. I realize. I mean, if you understand that Satan is the deceiver of the whole world, he comes to steal the word. He's stolen this New Testament for people for almost 2,000 years. Almost the whole human race. For like 1,500 years, he locked it away in monasteries and in languages the people couldn't understand. Who did that? The devil. And carnal men that were supposed to be religious leaders were ignorant of what's going on. Don't even know what the devil's doing. Don't even know how to have a living relationship with the Lord. I mean, so it's not a little thing. What you're learning today, this is not a little thing. People have been deceived for 2,000, almost the whole church world. For 2,000, the whole dispensation of the church. <clears throat> and we don't want to stay deceived as to think of that, those places that look like churches. Paul talked about false apostles, deceitful workers. Peter talked about false teachers and preachers. Jude talked about those that crept into church, yeah. changed things. Yeah. And people did not know it because they did it stealthily. Oh, my brother and sister, you stick right with the New Testament. Amen. You stick right with obeying Jesus. Amen. Confessing your sin if you do slip into sin. He's very merciful. Yes. But you have you, sin, 
You used your will to sin. You got to use your will to turn back to God. Humble yeah. yourself. God, I sin. Amen. He's dealing with free wills. He's dealing with free moral agents. We have there's an action of faith. See, that's an action. That's not legalism. That's an action of faith. Amen. Yeah. Anytime you obey the word of God, that's faith. It's not legalism. Yes. It's faith. Yeah. Faith does the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and then faith does the word. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. We're learning. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to have to come up with strategies. How, okay, how can we reach our city? If so much out there is not even real Christianity, then that, not that many people are getting reached. There's a big city out there. There's a lot of people that need to be reached. So you, you, you pray about giving, you pray about going, you pray about heading out uh, tracks, you pray about laborers in the harvest field. Praise God. Uh, we even want to... Uh, I told uh, one of my children, I should start, you know, look, looking up where we could go. Rummage around us, set up tables, pray for the sick, tell them about the original Christian faith, put a banner up, the original, come learn about the original Christian faith, try to get into the state fair, try to get into different places where we can do something. Pass out tens of thousands of books in, in uh, newspaper boxes, houses all over the place. Praise God, we need to get busy. Because he has us here for a purpose. Because God knows there's not that many churches out there. Not as many as people think. So praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're trying to help you. We want to help this city. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And God's given us a... He spoke to me that I, he had me write those books. They're all in defense. Just about every one of them are in defense of some area of the gospel. I have two more coming out. I have different books that we have to reorder because we don't have copies of them right now. But uh, this is so important. So we got a big, big goal ahead of us, a big vision ahead of us. Hallelujah. Praise God. But you know, it started out there were 120. Centers close to that here today. There's 120 on the day of Pentecost, and they spread it throughout the world. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we could we could make an impact. Amen. They said, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. We want to fill Milwaukee and the surrounding towns and cities with our doctrine, which is Amen. really Christ's doctrine. Amen. Yeah. The original Christian faith. Praise Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. So you purpose, okay, Lord, I want to be a laborer. Lord, I want to give. Lord, I want to help. Lord, I want to do what we need to do to try to contact these people and reach them. Praise God. Hallelujah. And... Uh, the Lord said, this is the next phase of this church's ministry. And this is the reason we're here. To tell people they need to get back to the original Christian faith. That they are not following it. They are not following the Lord's instructions. They have to follow His instructions. So praise God. Well, if you're here today, if there's anybody here today 